So why did I read Genesis 1-1? Do you have any idea, Bryce? What would, your, what would you conjecture why I would start there? This would be the basic cosmogony. Exactly. The birth which, of the universe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is, yeah. And every, every basic worldview has to have a number of yes. things. And chiefly, one of the main things that a, a worldview needs to have is a cosmogony. Or in other words, an understanding of how the creation or the cosmos was born or came about. Yeah. Right? Many worldviews are some who postulate the eternality of the cosmos. Yep. Right? Which is in direct contradiction with God's word. Don't think I will even ask you to make Jesus Lord of your life. That's the most preposterous thing I could ever tell you to do. Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. Whether you serve him or not, whether you bless him, curse him, hate him, or love him, he is the Lord of your life because God has given him a name that is above every name so that the name of Jesus Christ every knee shall bow and tongue confess that he is Lord. Some of you will bow out of the grace that has been given to you and others will bow because your kneecaps will be broken by the one who rules the nations with a rod of iron. And I'll not apologize for this God of the Bible. Genesis chapter 1. Voice one, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's it, folks. That's my that's my verse for you for this for this episode. Welcome everybody to the For the King podcast, where we proclaim the edicts of the King, namely and chiefly that Yahweh reigns. Okay. Mm. So this is uh, your host, Rocky Ramsey. And, and, I'm, and this is your host, co- Rocky Ramsey. Co- no, I would call you a co-host. I put, I would, I would qualify and nuance your position. Yeah. So you're more of a co-host supporting character. Yeah. And what's your name? Uh, Bryce. Bryce. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. So you guys I'm know a, Bryce. I'm a, the assistant to the co-host. Assistant to, assistant <laughs> to the assistant manager. <laughs> so Bryce is joining me today, I guess, again. And we're continuing the Gospel Scope series. These are what we upload on Sundays. And actually, um, this is the last episode of the Gospel Scope series. We haven't been exhaustive. The, obviously, the Gospel applies to every single jot and tittle, every little thing of life the Gospel applies to. And we've hit some really big topics of the way humans interact with one another. We've, we've talked about how God's Gospel, His good news to the world, does apply to everything. And we've done a very very few really big broad categories where we've applied the gospel to it. The last one we're going to do today, um, just as we go about teaching you listener, you person that's listening to us, we're trying to explain to you and show, and even Bryce and I to exercise the ability to apply the gospel to anything we encounter. So the topic today, as we wrap up the Gospel Scope series, is the hard sciences. Okay? So we did la- we did the last, the last uh, Sunday series um, on the soft sciences, which would be those things pertaining to humans or metaphysical things. The hard sciences are those pertaining to physical things, the way the world is. Uh, Inductive reasoning. Um, A lot of... so There are some soft sciences where they try their best to do inductive reasoning, um, like sociology studies, right? Or psychology. They try their best to look at the phenomena in the world and make make a thesis or make some kind of theory. But the hard sciences are your only source 
to really observe these things would be through inductive reasoning. But what we're going to key you in today is that it's not just the inductive reasoning that's um, interacting with these hard sciences. Okay, we're going to talk about some presuppositions in the gospel that apply to these things. Sound good, Bryce? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, so why did I read Genesis one one? Do you have any idea, Bryce? What was your what would you conjecture why I would start there? This would be the basic cosmogony. Exactly. The birth which, of the universe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is yeah. And every every basic worldview has to have a number of yes. things. And chiefly one of the main things that a a worldview needs to have is a cosmogony. Or in other words, uh, a, a, a um, an understanding of how the creation or the cosmos was born or came about. Yeah. Right, many worldviews are some who postulate the eternality of the cosmos. Yep. Right, which is in direct contradiction with God's word, um, and it violates the creator-creature distinction. Yes. God is distinct from us. He is the only eternal being. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is basic cosmogony, which then bleeds into biology, yes, chemistry, physics, geology. So yeah, go all, on from there. Yeah, all the hard sciences. Bryce is naming. Um, the these are really where we get our modern day um, cosmogony, yeah. um, where we think the universe comes from, where we think we come from, where does matter come from? The soft sciences just dealt with the way humans are interacting or the metaphysical things of life. Yeah. Um, the hard sciences are trying to and attempting to give us an account for every physical matter-based thing we see in the world. But as I said earlier, there are presuppositions underlying the way one goes about doing these fields. Uh, one that's very obvious um, in terms of like pagan or atheistic cosmogony or cosmology would be um, like what Bryce said, the eternality of the universe. That, that is not an inductively uh, derived observation about the world. That is an assumption based on a worldview. Because you've already presupposed that there is no God, therefore, um, to to not have an infinite reductio absurdum kind of argument um, where eventually, you know, this cause... uh, um, this cause produces this cause produces this cause produces this cause you never have a first cause um, that that would be a, called an infinite regression argument so so the atheist can evade the uh, where their presuppositions will take them they have to presuppose something that will clean that up which would be something like the eternality of the universe or a multiverse things like that right an eternal multiverse that's spinning out new universes right um, they have to posit these things and they're not based at all in any inductive reasoning any observation about the world so it's, they're just assumed they're it's really a polemic yes the exactly. polemic of they don't want to uh, postulate God therefore they come up with a thesis yes. which gets them out of that issue of their issues yep yes exactly yeah and I I even had a uh, uh, astrology professor in college say astrology yeah astronomy Astrology is like the like the pagan zodiac sign stuff. Is it okay? Yeah. So I had that backwards. Astronomy. Astronomy is yeah. Okay. Astrology is studying the stars in a pagan way, trying to derive like some spiritual understanding from the stars. That was the old version of astronomy, and then Galileo and Kepler. This is where the That's field the... of astronomy got birthed. Okay. All right. And okay. astronomy is just like the modern day astrology well, without all it. the spiritual stuff. Well, but anyways, so Sorry. I had an astronomy professor, and he said, now the one problem with the creation of the universe and with the Big Bang 
is uh, the is fi- the universe is finely tuned is how yeah. he described it. Yeah, and he's like, and this is a problem because you go you go one way uh, a macro a microsecond one way the there's there's nothing you go a microsecond the other way there's um, uh, nothing again you have to have this perfect Goldilocks, Goldilocks type thing and then that's why they they just postulate the craziness of the Big Bang that it was. Um, it had the potentiality to continually reoccur and it just finally hit in this yeah, infinite exactly. timeline. It finally hit the right yeah. right system or the right golden yeah. box period. Yeah, exactly. I, I, R.C. Sproul uh, famously would quip, uh, what are the chances that the universe was created by chance? Not a chance. Yeah. So when you start postulating something like chance, which is a metaphysical ideology based on mathematics, right? That there is a, there's a probability of something happening. Um, when you start talking like that and you're basing, not, not on anything uh, empirically observed, but you're basing your entire worldview on chance, mm-hmm. just, just presupposing that there's a possibility that the world could have, be crea- the world could have been created by nothing. That's where you really come to battle your presuppositions start coming to battle with, you know, when you open, when you crack open your Bible and you read Genesis 1-1 and you're like, well, son of a gun, it seems like God made everything. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so you have to like, you have, it challenges your presuppositions and that's why these scientists will continue to look and look and look and look and not look in any empirical uh, inductive way in the hard sciences. They actually end up going to some kind of spiritual understanding of the universe and postulating something based on chance or some kind of metaphysical understanding of the universe, like Bryce was yeah. saying, the eternality of the universe or the, oh, it, was, it just so happened to be just right. We don't know why. Yeah. We have nothing to go on, but we have to trust and put our faith in the idea that it was just right, Goldilocks zone. It was just yeah. right. The perfect porridge, right? Yeah. Um, and, and that's why... In order to have this certain sort of certain knowledge, we neither we either have to know everything, or know the one who does know everything. everything. Exactly right. So the the whole distinction here is where are we placing our faith? Yep. Are we placing our faith in the God who knows everything and has de- and has revealed uh-huh. what has occurred at the beginning of time, or are you going to have faith in these scientists? who say that they have uncovered an inductive sort of argument in order to get themselves uh, all the way back to the beginning of creation. Yes. Right? And that's the huge issue right That is there. the huge issue. And they will never admit their presuppositions. Mm-hmm. They will say, we've discovered this. Mm-hmm. They'll use words like theory, like, for instance, theory of evolution. Yeah. They'll use these words that we, the modern-day man, thinks, well, well, the theory of gravity, right? It's so obvious, it must have been a proven fact. Yeah. But the word theory means it's just it's the best working uh, the best working thesis we have right now for the things that we see in the world. Yeah. But a theory is not uh, like a comprehensive accounting of the entire world. Yeah. You have to know God to actually be able to give a comprehensive. Right. You have to be God to give a comprehensive and, account. And that's Proverbs, right? There. That's Proverbs. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Yeah. And wisdom. Yeah. And that's why it's the you know lots of theories floating around and they they are believing them on faith it's not an irrefutable fact right uh, they're based on faith which is because they have certain allegiances to presuppositions like there isn't a god therefore they presuppose that the explanation must be something other than god so yeah. that they look around and then they usually conjure up something stupid out of their own minds yeah. like that there's an infinite amount of multiverses that keep spitting out other 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 multiverses and other universes or the eternality of the universe things like that well and if we flip the ball on their court 
it's really they like to they like to view the faith-based position or a, a position of Christianity and the Christian worldview as an anti-intellectual position. Yeah. But we were really trying to flip the ball onto their court that their position is absolutely incoherent. Exactly. That it does not cohere together. No. The only position that actually has an intellectual influence and actually coheres is the Christian one. Yes. Because it has the, it has basis in reality. Exactly. Whereas the the quote unquote uber scientific position has no basis in reality. Exactly. And it's that same position that can now say that a biology that yeah. a a man is actually uh, they can be a woman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, same. So same it's that same those same sorts of people who do that. Yeah. So and the reason the Christian is way more intellectual, the Christian scientist. Not Christian science, the, the the cult, but a Christian that does science. Yeah, um, they've actually come to terms with the reality of the, of of God's world mm-hmm. that it makes no sense. Like we're going through the Book of Ecclesiastes at, in our church, the world makes no sense apart from God. Every the nihilism, everything's futile. Just be a hedonist. Mm-hmm. Nothing makes any sense apart from God. And the Christians actually come to terms intellectually with that. They're the only ones actually taking themselves seriously. And the atheist, on the other hand, places their faith and trust in a bunch of nonsense that they can't actually give an accounting for. Right. When the Christian actually just says, you know what? The truth is I don't have all the answers. I don't know where I came from. I don't know how the universe was actually created. Let me go Let me go search out God's word for, for what he's like, the one that did create the universe. Right. So we're really the only ones that are taking the world seriously. Yeah. Like, for instance, the atheist is, is literally claiming nothing creates something. They're yeah. not intellectuals. They're not uh, people that take the world seriously. Yeah. They're ba- they're fake um, dreamers. Mm-hmm. That's all they are. They're just dreamers. Yeah. Um, that place their faith and hope and trust in demons, doctrines of demons, and their own right, their or, own image. Or they ultimately come to a position ethically that there is no morality. Oh yeah. And yet they make moral claims. Yeah. <laughs> they, they say that X is wrong. Yeah. Or we should be feminists and smash the patriarchy. Or it's wrong uh, to to not allow the uh, homosexuals to have the quote-unquote right to marriage. Start talking about rights. Or, yeah, so and it's like, are you kidding talk me? About like, you don't have a conception of justice. Yeah. So ultimately, like, this is where Rocky and I want to move this, is that the intellectual position is only the Christian one. Yeah. The atheistic position is ultimately incoherent, absurd, and foolish, and also, most importantly, infantile. Yeah. Um, they haven't grown up. They, they they haven't been faced with reality yet. They they keep suppressing. It's like the kid that's like, no, I don't want it. I don't want it. Yeah. You know, don't. I don't want it. You know. I don't want throwing a, throwing a tantrum because they're not. The atheist is suppressing the truth of reality. Yeah. Uh, and the reason why the gospel is it most certainly applies to the hard sciences is because of these different presuppositions. Jesus said in the beginning, did he not create the male and female? Yeah. Jesus Christ, the one whom's the good news is contained in is giving his stamp of approval and reiterating his father's words he made the male and female he endorses genesis chapter one two three four yeah. five six he endorses the all of the old testament jesus does yeah um john one we see that he created all things mm-hmm. this is who christ is if you don't have any kind of idea of creation that god created things ex nihilo then you're not a christian Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that is a heresy. In the beginning, God created. If you think something other than God is the is producing this universe or this earth that we're in, you're not a Christian. Yeah, you're thinking like a pagan. Yeah, 
Or if you think that Adam was not a historical person. Yeah. Right. It was a mere, the Genesis 1 through 11 is a, this a mytho history. That's a heresy. Exactly. If you believe that, you're not a Christian. Exactly. Or you're being deceived and you just need to repent and turn to Christ and you can have everlasting life. Exactly. Exactly. So Genesis 1 is an important tool when we talk about the hard sciences, geology, physics, biology, chemistry, you know, any, any of those. Um, they have pre- so, so main point as we wrap up here, each of those fields and any person, any human that goes into those fields of the hard sciences will bring in presuppositions to try to end up creating basically a religion out of those hard sciences. There are certain physicists that are astrophysicists. They've created a religion out of their physics because they're trying their best, like Stephen Hawking, to give an accounting for where the world came from. Or you'll get a geologist that thinks it's very clear that the Earth is billions and billions of years old and uh, life came up out of the mud. You know, Life came up out of the seas and stuff from bacteria. So they, they turn their field into a religion rather than Jesus dominating every single one of them and being the overarching presupposition that anybody that would go into geology or go into the hard any of the hard sciences right so that's our main point as christians if we want to proclaim the gospel we need to poke these idols in the eye Mm -hmm. as we apply the gospel to the world around us to especially america we have to poke the idols directly in their cornea you know you feel me on that one in the cornea i feel it and a big one would be saying the you know uh the universe is not eternal or uh the universe doesn't there's they're not just spitting out other universes God in the beginning, God created. If you say that, you're already at war with the culture. Yeah, um, and you're proclaiming the God. You're on your way to proclaiming the gospel because they have held on presuppositions that are demonic. Yeah, and and essentially what Rocky's getting at here too is the the person who is an atheist with that worldview who comes to do geology or biology or chemistry. What Rocky's saying is they have a certain sort of glasses on. Yeah. that teach them how to interpret the data. Yep. Right. And Christians have the exact same sort of thing. But the whole point is, who are you placing your trust in? Yeah. Your own ability to interpret the data or the God who has already interpreted the data for you. Exactly. That's the whole point. Exactly. Yep. So, because you can make, anybody can make data look like what you want it to want it to be. There are so many studies on people uh, twisting statistics oh, yeah. in order to prove their points politically or religiously or whatever. Yep. Right. So... Anybody can skew the data. It's really easy to do. Exactly. So we just need to, with clear eyes and not with a darkened mind, realize that the gospel changes these things. Exactly. Amen. Well, thanks for bearing with us, folks. Uh, We're wrapping up this Gospel Scope series today as we finish up this episode. We will, I'm pretty sure we're hoping to start getting into some eschatology. We think this is very important as we've just shown how the gospel applies to all of life, all of Christ for all of life, how the gospel applies to every culture, everywhere in the world, to every human. Now we talk about how that is played out throughout world history. And we're going to start getting into some post-mill eschatology. Mm. I think that'll be fun to start walking through some, some, of these, some of these concepts about how the gospel goes forth. Yeah. Um, 
Because that really is eschatology. What's going to happen in the future with the gospel? Because the gospel really is the central doctrine of Christianity, is the good news of, of God's Son. Right. So how does that play out in the future? Well, that really is eschatology, the, the right. final things. So let, we're going to start getting into that and start talking about eschatology because you know you might not think eschatology is important, but it is massively important. Yeah. So we're going to walk through that a little bit. Thanks so much for bearing with us through the Gospel Scope series. I always end with the doxology in 1 Timothy 1.17. That sounded so good. I'm sorry, dude. To the King of the Ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Soli Deo Gloria. Gloria.